Hello and good evening. Welcome to another episode of Between the Presets, a podcast by me, Rudy Stetner, that comes out every Monday evening. Here is the place where anything that can be said in polite company is fair game for discussion, even if it occasionally offends. Let's roll. Please be advised that this episode of Between the Presets contains material that may be unsuitable for younger audiences. If that is an issue, please listen at another time or on headphones. Thank you. Good evening. It is uh, Monday evening, the 7th of Kislev, 5784. Also, the 18th of December, 2023. Here in the northeast, we had some uh, pretty impressive rain. Uh, There were flood warnings, uh, followed by some impressive wind. Of course, if you're from any state like Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina, um, an impressive rainstorm down there is a flood where it actually appears that buckets of water are descending from the sky. I never saw anything like that in its life, in my life. But if there's one thing that uh, inconvenient weather reminds us of, it is that um, we are not in control, that we can send satellites into space Uh, We have GPS. Um, We can prolong our lives with medical care, but uh, a simple storm can immobilize us. Shut down transportation, uh, make transportation hazardous. But um, it's just one of those uh, recurring thoughts that I have when I have to put my windshield wiper on high. I remember uh, when I was a child, uh, two things. Actually, I remember more than that, but a couple of things come to mind right now. It was very common if you asked somebody, uh, hey, how many brothers and sisters do you have? And if they gave an impressive answer, like seven or eight, You'd say, wow, are you Irish or are you Italian? Uh, The reason for that was that Ireland and Italy at that time were devoutly Catholic uh, countries. And as such, the very uh, religiously motivated population Uh, produced a higher birth rate. Today, of course, in country after country in uh, Europe and also in the United States, that is no longer the case. Back in the 60s, when I was a kid, the big intellectual fad was Zero population growth. Don't let the world become overpopulated. Um, the, 
the world is going to sink into starvation if uh, if we don't limit the population, we'll overtax the resources, what have you. So the magic figure that came up was that if each family had 2.2 kids, that there would be, that the population would not get larger and it would not get smaller. We are well below that uh, in country after country in Europe and country after country in, uh, in uh, outside of Europe, the United States. We are well below that replacement uh, threshold. According to the BBC, the current birth rate in the United States is uh, 1.6 <coughs> children per family. And you'll find similar birth rates across Europe. The short-term dividends are for a family of such a diminished size is that uh, you don't have to divide the family income among a larger number of children. That means uh, more expensive toys for adults and children alike and more expensive uh, vacations, a more expensive house. Uh, the downside takes a little bit of a, a little while to set in and to manifest itself, but we are seeing it full force today. All the talk of social security, can it survive? Um, Will we have to advance the uh, retirement age? I think now they're talking about uh, 70. When I was born, I think it was 65. One of the reasons for its Social Security's uh, diminishing solvency is that its success is dependent upon a certain ratio of workers paying into the system to uh, older people drawing on the system. Which means that if you have one, one and a half payers and uh, one payee to one payee, then that means that you have a system that is not viable that one needs to increase the Social Security tax, um, postpone the retirement age, what have you. And the same thing goes for other uh, social welfare programs, social safety nets, uh, such as um, food stamps, um, disability, what have you. If, there, if the population of working adults is not high enough, then um, these, these programs will not likely be financed or will be financed by printing money and kicking the can down the road. Uh, one solution to this problem is to tax the wealthy 
more. A polite way to do that would be to say, uh, we have fallen on hard times. We need to ask you for more money. Or one could do it a little bit more rudely and say, you're not paying your fair share. Uh, you pay a lower proportion of your uh, wealth to taxes. Uh, you're stealing from the poor and the working people and to uh, attempt to guilt trip and mobilize publish, public anger against the wealthy. Who would can arguably said, far from being a source of the problem, are really the engine of public compassion and deserve some respectful treatment. Even jobs created by the wealthy are arguably um, better than some of the most generous social welfare programs. The other way to increase the width of the tax base is to import more taxpayers. They have, the immigrant has grown up outside of the United States. He comes to America as a ready-made adult. And um, aside from hopefully investing enough uh, money in English and civic lessons so that the immigrant uh, can function in the United States, you have a ready-made worker. It used to be expected that an immigrant would come to the United States and be self-supporting. It used to be that immigrants had to be sponsored, so if they uh, fell on hard times, that the uh, sponsor would uh, undertake responsibility for their support rather than um, social welfare systems. This is no longer the case. And it can be argued that with a depressed birth rate, a population that is failing to replace itself, that immigrants are doing uh, the country a favor, either the United States or whatever European country, that they are doing us a favor by uh, keeping our system afloat. Uh, a couple of stories that illustrate um, the need for social acclimation of our immigrants, of getting them accustomed to um, American and Western ways, are as follows. One is a personal story, and the other is a story I heard on uh, the Barry Farber show of, that used to run many years ago. Very informative show. The personal story is as follows. Uh, I used to work in textiles, and uh, there was the overwhelming majority of the uh, workforce was uh, immigrants from... Latin America, from uh, Pakistan, the Philippines. Uh, very interesting, nice bunch of guys. Uh, some of them uh, 
learned English very well. Uh, they had a full expressive range of uh, not only being able to function in the uh, textile factory, but also being able to express a full range of their thoughts. Others uh, who, like my grandmother, spent 50 years in America and never learned English, had a rudimentary mix of uh, Spanish or Tagalog and uh, English and were able to function on whatever machine they worked in. Uh, these, because they had language um, impairment, an inability to speak English, they were pretty much tethered to this factory I worked in that didn't pay uh, they paid entry-level wages because they employed entry-level people. I knew one guy whose English was quite good. I could, you know, discuss anything with him, really. And he did a little bit of uh, research and uh, found that he could get a very good paying job in North Carolina, um, higher wages and lower rents, which is a very appealing combination. And he was able to move on and to move up. So aside from any philosophical dis discussion of the benefits of having a common language, Learning English for the guys I worked with um, was a step up the ladder. It made economic sense for them. The other story, the one from the Barry Farber show, not my personal experience, was a Jordanian immigrant to the United States. Uh, he came to the United States, I would guess it would be about the 1970s. What moved him to come to the United States? He said that when he was a kid and he went to a uh, movie theater, he saw a news broadcast, which is a propaganda broadcast also, something we as Americans today are very familiar with. And it showed anti-American demonstrators. I guess they were probably demonstrating against the Vietnam War or something. And they were shouting and they were burning an American flag and stepping on it, something we've become all too familiar with. And the police were containing them but not arresting them. And he said that this made him want to become an American citizen, not because he wanted to burn the flag, um, not because he hated America like the uh, people in the uh, in the video clip, but because in Jordan at that time, probably as today, uh, if the king went out. Uh, in a public appearance, you would have to stand for hours in advance of his arrival 
with a hot sun beating down on you and you had to cheer upon command. And uh, if anybody, if anybody took a picture of the uh, king, a portrait, burned it or showed it any disrespect or shouted any kind of curses against the king or against the government, they were as good as dead. They were not going home from such a demonstration. And this uh, guy who became an immigrant to the United States, uh, he wanted to be part of a country that had enough confidence in itself that it could permit open dissent, something that uh, in many countries does not even exist as part of the civic consciousness. Uh, the critical difference from when I was a kid, and uh, when I was a kid I espoused some pretty repulsive leftist beliefs, is that the teachers and professors of that time were for the most part uh, defenders of the American system, American civic values, and kind of functioned as an anchor of uh, stability, a repository of collective memory of the past. And today there are large parts of the country where instead of uh, a um, person espousing extremist beliefs uh, being, you know, corrected or reminded of things that they might have overlooked, they are cheered on and egged on. And it's, it's almost a dangerous situation since on many college campuses and many um, high school and elementary school campuses, the uh, you have kind of a left-wing McCarthyism in which uh, more conservative and centrist viewpoints are censored, silenced, and uh, purged, as has always been the case. Uh, America attracts uh, some people who like the uh, Jordanian who watched the movie clip and the, uh, of a riotous demonstration in the U.S. Uh, he interpreted in a way that he ended up loving America, but other people um, feel quite the opposite. In a real sense, we have become addicted to a flow of uh, immigrants. And even if we reverse course and boost our birth rate to replacement levels and above, it, it will take years for that to impact the workforce. So yes, uh, immigration uh, will quite likely be a part of our future. But we can and should accept immigrants who will support our values of uh, 
free speech, free enterprise, equality of potential for different racial and ethnic groups, um, equality of opportunity for, uh, for women, and having these uh, parameters and requirements for the flow of immigration should still leave plenty of people who will support the continuation of America as we know it. Uh, I would like to ask a subversive question. Are we importing uh, workers, ready-made workers, for the purpose of sustaining economic growth and a standard of living to which we have become accustomed? Or are we importing people who will uh, vote a certain way? Are we attempting to create a permanent leftist majority by importing, importing people of such persuasions? It's worth asking. And if you ask a person uh, that question, if you ask some, say, Democratic spokesman uh, such a question and they start yelling at you, I, the answer is pretty obvious. I was speaking with a Jamaican lady at one place where I was working, and she took education very seriously. She had a uh, daughter and uh, who, I guess, came to America when, with her when she was in about fifth grade and had been educated in a good school in Jamaica. And when she came to the U.S. and was doing fifth grade arithmetic, it was several years behind what she was uh, accustomed to. This kid was doing late high school math in fifth grade. And uh, by the time she had been in the United States a couple years as a seventh grader, she was already uh, approaching college level math pro proficiency. Uh, in addition, um, Jamaica was and is a pretty religious country, and uh, the social values were far more conducive for this child to uh, stable living and having uh, well-educated and well-adjusted children. And there are many countries, such as the Philippines, such as uh, China, both uh, Communist China and Taiwan, that have far less, that, that have not dumbed down their educational system. But that is a discussion for another time. Meanwhile, I hope everyone has a blessed and peaceful week. Peace is not something that we... Uh, can unfortunately take for granted in these times. So we should hear good news from within our borders, uh, from Israel and the extended Middle East, 
and uh, it was good communicating with you yet again. Have a blessed week. This wraps up another weekly episode of Between the Presets. I thank you all for the pleasure of sharing with me my weekly muse. Whatever platform you access, hitting like, subscribe, or leaving a comment is much appreciated. My email address is thewinterriders at gmail.com. Thewinterriders at gmail.com. Until next week, adio, which in some African languages means born on Monday or be righteous and closely resembles adios in Spanish.